0: And welcome to the HBM podcast. I am old God Leon. And I'm joined by Frank. Frank, how are you doing?
1: Hello, Leon. I am standing, ever watching, ever guarding, till the very day I die. That is my duty as a Marxist, not as a grey warden.
0: Sounds Hello funny. Leon. Sound <laughs> doesn't sound very proactive. I'm not gonna what what kind of Marxism <laughs> that is, actually. I'm sorry, I'm gonna be a... <laughs> You, you, lost, you lost 10 influence with Leon at this point. Oh, no. So, so that's, that wasn't the right one. No, I was kidding. And, and today we're talking about a very special game. Um, also because it's the Anglophonic Pride Month. Uh, we are talking about the first A game that had an animated uh, queer sex scene in it. Yes, <laughs> it's Dragon Age Origins by BioWare Studios a game that we have mentioned a couple of times now by uh, talking about Mass Effect, and this is Mass Effect's fantasy counterpart. Even though that doesn't do it justice, it's just a quick conceptualization, so you know what we're talking about. So, yeah, yeah. War Bioware. Imagine that. Wow. What the Bioware should. quest continues. <laughs> ha. Ooh, And what a quest it is. What a quest structure. Well, we will talk about that <laughs> in a minute. Yeah, so Dragon Age Origins.
1: Uh, how
0: about you... Uh, Take the lead on
1: that one. <laughs> well, I'll give a very brief uh, introduction, at least shorter than I did for the Mass Effect. But fortunately, <laughs> we're only talking about one game this time, um, quite to my own benefit. Still quite a game. It's, it's quite a game. It's a very good game. Um, didn't, didn't age very well. Didn't, didn't age that well. Where does g- this game from, before I begin? 2009. Oh, wow. November
0: 2009, so like 2010. Wow. a produced in just eight, probably, if that's, if that's something you want to talk Stab- about. We will later. <laughs> there are a couple of things <laughs> in here that have aged, like Frank said, badly, and some things that have aged quite admirably, I think. Uh, yeah. Surprise, surprise. Most mechanical stuff hasn't aged very well. Uh, gameplay-wise, it's not a stable game.
1: Well? It's not a stable game. It's
0: not. It's not at all. Uh, God forbid the games that I really like get a remaster. No, the other games are getting a definitive edition the games that I already had on the PlayStation 4 get another PlayStation 5 edition. Yay! Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Which one do you have in mind for that?
1: Uh, well, I, I, I would like a Dragon Age remastered, if that's what... Of course. But what what do you mean? No, but which ones do you don't like that are getting a remaster? Or uh, that you already the have? The Oh, yeah, no. Fuck that. <laughs> from, from PlayStation 3 to PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5. So, yeah. It's because... It's because I have uh, Metal Gear Solid Delta on my brain, so... Uh, no, that one is long enough. Once again,
0: I'm not that opposed to um, remakes or remasters, mm-hmm. but there needs
1: to be some time, time, uh, some time yeah.
0: that uh, need, needs to be passing before we do a remaster.
1: It's also not really a good remaster, because like, the game's going to look pretty much the fucking same. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Well, God forbid they they at least like give give us some extra
1: FPS. Talking about FPS, yeah. there's a game I want to talk about, but let's not.
0: Let's save that for yeah. No, that's time.
1: that's not. <laughs> uh, gosh, I miss when Naughty Dog did Uncharted. They actually did fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Hmm. It's uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, f- feel free to carry on with no. with digressions. No no no. I, I I for just for the
0: audience's sake, I, I was gonna talk a bit about uh the news that we have been hearing around games um since we had our sorry Games Fest, our not E three. Hmm. And I was like, nah, I don't know. Let's talk about those things after the fact so I can sound smart and you know, don't have to do any predictions. I can be an
1: asshole from hindsight, my favorite thing to do. So <laughs> so <laughs> There was another remaster. Since we mentioned it, there's going to be like a Persona Three remaster, like on those models of Persona Five, which is nice because that's the the closest you can play it is the remastered PSP version of Persona Three, which um, works, hasn't aged terribly well, uh, but works. But I'm I'm slightly annoyed that I bought that, <laughs> but no. that's fine. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> yeah, it's I couldn't have known. I couldn't have possibly imagine.
0: What is a game you would like
1: to see a remaster of? Ooh, I mean, Dragon Age, for sure. Um, ooh, that's that's actually a pretty a pretty big oh, question. I'd have right? to stop and think. <laughs> because like, m- most of the games that I'd, I've played have either gone a remaster or are functional. Um, it's like, I don't think there are particularly older games that are, like, unplayable now. Like, they mostly work. And I don't think anyone should work on a Sonic remaster of any kind. Um, maybe Sonic Adventure DX—that's generally well liked. But I don't think I have particular ones. I'd have to really stop and think about it. But yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, my non-answer does not please you. I've lost another five points. <laughs> um, no, no, no. Let's say it's 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 fine. It's not a, a neutral place.
0: response. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, not, it's neither lose nor gain. How about that? How
1: about some good old How about that? stability? <laughs> so, what is Dragon Age Origins? Or what is it about? Or any of those? By um, the way, <laughs> my
0: answer to the question would be, thank you, Frank, um, <laughs> would have been Kotor 1. But that one had a re- had a remaster going, and then went radio silent. So <laughs> I'm just not going to say anything I want, in case I'm afraid of cursing it even more.
1: But yes, Dragon Age. <laughs> I I recalled uh, since you mentioned it, I might as well because I recalled one which uh, could use it's still functional, but could use a remastered or oh, a remake version. Yeah. Um, but it it has it carries on uh, a weird curse with it. You know what I mean? Beyond yeah. Good and Evil One. Uh, could have like a remaster, uh, oh. but two has been is the longest game in development hell. So who knows?
0: Oh yeah, oh that was like a whole thing. They were so proud to show it off. That's that CGI <laughs> trailer that they had. They were so proud to show it off. Um, like I don't know, like six a three e threes ago, and <laughs> something that, that, like that. That never happened. That never. Uh, I, I don't like to be smug about that. That's 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 someone's passion, you know. So I I try to be. Uh, Try to be a it bit is. More level-headed about that. but
1: uh, I mean, it's yeah. hilarious how sad it is. Because, like, surely the people involved cared, but the studios didn't.
0: Yeah. Definitely. <sighs> uh, but that's that's indicative <clears throat> of pretty much any process going on in the, the industry.
1: But, yeah. I mean, speaking of trailers, I might as well mention this. I'm sorry, listener. <laughs> Hopefully this is still somewhat entertaining. Um. Uh, in in case you didn't know, Leon didn't when I told him. Uh, uh, Bethesda had the goal to show the exact same Elder Scrolls 6 teaser uh, that they did before, not yeah. even a different one, just the same. <laughs> just the
0: f- just the same fucking landscape. Like so, and I said to Frank, like at least tell us where. Like once again, I'm I don't know if I'm even gonna buy it, and I I once again, I wanna like the Elder Scrolls, but I I don't know oh um Morrowind is an um remake I might be interested in, but uh, besides that, I don't necessarily uh i'm I've never been a big Elder schools guy, but I do think mm-hmm. the franchise has potential as in theory every franchise has but um yeah, yeah. <laughs> does not really say a lot but <laughs> yeah I don't know um they at least know what what area they're the place uh, gonna be take place in Because as I understand it every uh, well, at least the recent ones, recent Elder Scrolls have like an area per game, so yeah. at least they, by now they must know what area it is. So at least reveal that. That would have been something. <laughs> and you could you could have just said you could have just given us a different CGI landscape and said the area name, like what part of the world <laughs> it's at. That would have been something. That would have, that would have generated so many yeah, YouTube videos about people uh, like because that's a whole market, and I might we'll get into that another yeah. time, so, but yeah, it's baffling
1: that you would do that if they're getting acquired by Microsoft. Yeah, it's um, cl- cl- clearly, but but the- I mean, it's hilarious because some somehow Bethesda is still Bethesda. Yeah, well, they haven't shown a trailer since they have been acquired by Microsoft.
0: You haven't thought about that one, have you?
1: Oh, true, they just shown the same one they had, yeah, again, years later. <coughs> We stand exactly where we did, which is never a good sign. Well, Bethesda showed a trailer, but
0: Microsoft Bethesda never showed a trailer. It's a different company. Oh. Oh. All right, that's enough of that. (laughs) So, Dragon Age.
1: Dragon Age. So, I'm going to do a very brief summary, because we're going to talk about the subjects themselves very very shortly. But it's basically a fantasy setting trademark. Um, that's the clearest way to put it. There are fantasy races, fantasy kingdoms. There's a a hilarious not-France, um, (laughs) which we will get into. Probably not this time around very much, but eventually. And this is fantasy kingdom, fantasy races, fantasy places. That's that's the gist, magic and stuff. Uh, there's a not-Christianity religion of the Chantry. And... But the big thing I feel is, is the existence of the Darkspawn and their counterpart, the Grey Wardens. Yeah. So the Darkspawn are these creatures that emerge out of the ground for out of you know spontaneous existence, uh, that, I guess, and they endlessly exist. But generally, they usually stay underground, bother the dwarves, pretty much always in a wide-ranging amount of places, and only rarely come to the surface. However, yes. every once in a while, a dark elder god, uh, that is a kind of, it's complicated, I'll ask Leon about it too, uh, but effectively this entity um, takes a form of like a high dragon, uh, <laughs> big dragon. Uh, which is the Archdemon, and the Archdemon kind of herds the Darkspawn towards the surface and towards the elimination of all other life, and that's when uh, Blight happens. That's what it's called. On account of that, uh, during the very first Blight, there came about the Grey Wardens, which are an order, a military kind of organization, uh, to effectively battle the Darkspawn and effectively destroy, kill the Archdemon and end the Blight. They have a very specific way of doing so, which includes a a ritual that kind of connects them to their enemy, and as such allows them to to kill them really and it's a lifelong commitment, and they need to to stay vigilant in preparation for blights and you know the game starts, there's a blight coming, things go very wrong. It's all up to you, gray warden, to save the kingdom of Ferelden and its people because it's still a Bioware game and you need to be a hero for a hero's journey um... I need a hero. <laughs> so that's Dragon Age Origins in a very small nutshell yeah
0: um, just <laughs> maybe you should have prefaced this by saying um, it is essentially a uh, uh, you, you should just imagine essentially like Tolkien fantasy so you have yeah. your humans elf dwarves uh, and uh, and the darkspawn who are essentially orcs should have said that in the beginning would have made things a lot more uh, clear I think uh, <laughs> we didn't but uh, no, better late than never so yeah the, the darkspawn definitely are like these are essentially orcs they look like orcs they behave like orcs however they're a bit more of a problem I would say or well hmm, the, no, well it's <laughs> it's not a competition <laughs> but they no. they, have this, they have this tendency to like pop up out of nowhere. And yeah. you know, and because of that, we, there needs to be a, a separated warrior class that combats these things, and that's the Grey Wardens, like Frank said. And you know, yes, uh, and that's that's the main conflict for this game. And uh, <laughs> there are some very other interesting conflicts going on in this franchise, or in this series, I should say, not franchise. But mm. uh, that's that's a whole that's a whole. <laughs> Topic four, when we talk about the other games, so we're probably going to zoom in a little bit on on these things on this corner of Thetas which is the world's name, and we mm. take place in and which is not England, like you said, yeah, <laughs> not England, and to the west of not England, uh, connected by land, uh, separated by a mountain range, is Orle, which is indeed not France. <laughs> <laughs> so those are the two nations that are uh, interest of interest to us now. And underground mm-hmm. there is the dwarven nation of the uh, Orzammar of the uh, yes dwarves. And um, then quick, very quickly, the other two races that we haven't mentioned yet. Then are the elves, and uh, that's going to be <laughs> it's going to be a thing this episode. And it is. Ev- even though I'm probably going to do my main bit on the elves on when we touch the third game, which is the most interesting mm. one regarding the elves. Um, But I will give a couple introductions regarding the elves in a bit, because we need to uh, talk about that. You cannot just gloss over that, I think. And the Kunari. The Kunari are an interesting, or, or, well, hmm, are a somewhat, uh, well, are the odd ones out. If you want to approach this franchise by Tolkienian lens, this franchise uh, draws from a bunch of prominent fantasy franchises. Think of hmm. uh, Wheel of Time, and yeah. well, Lord of rings Wheel of Time are his main donors. There's another one that I kind of forgot. Uh, well, maybe I'll think of it later. But it's it's mainly those two. Well, it's it's not important. But we, once again, I'll I'll mention the little details and what what I got from each franchise uh, throughout the episode. At least I will try. <laughs> and the Konari are like. well I'm just gonna just gonna come out and say it. They are like. Goliath tieflings from the and D, if that makes sense to, to people listening. <laughs> uh, big people with horns. There you go. That's that's yeah. that's kunari. That's, that's uh, Quasi marxist uh, uh, not Marxist, but um, theologically communist, maybe like uh, authoritarian. <laughs> they very. This will become clear in later episodes, uh, later uh, games as well. They're very odd. But they have a, uh, everybody can become part of the Q, which is like their uh, state, both their philosophy mm. and their state. So they are very fundamentalist, but believe in some kind of radical equality, and each according to their merits kind of thing. Mm. Uh, like, since she's a meritocracy, it is, and up to a point. Um, <laughs> they, have, they have a KGB, the <laughs> uh, Ben Hasraf, which is like, no, like. Oh, yeah. But yeah, precisely. <laughs> anyway. Not important for now, but uh yeah, those are the main races and the uh areas we're going to be talking about
1: yeah, and I think that it's especially in this game, unlike the other two ones uh there there's a really significant element to the character creation which you can choose out of human elf or dwarf uh which you which you are, and that will affect your character origin and your prologue effectively. Where you're from, uh, what have you done, where you are, and how did you get here to become a Grey Warden? Because that's is. the obvious, literally point. the name of the game. It is. <laughs> Sorry, Frank, Listen <laughs> to you. No, you're right. No. <laughs> and in the other games, like you just pick, and that's fine. You, the game is the same all the way. But in this one, there's a, a real sense that, like, oh. Where you're from, the, the, the race that you belong to, the, where you grew up with, you know, your origins really matter to what your character are and becomes or can become. So it, uh, for creating a character out of nowhere, there's actually quite a good point of connection that's like, oh, so this is what is before and th- these are the directions that like, I can say about my character before I started playing them and this is where I can go after I'm playing them. Definitely. Um, it's uh, Yeah,
0: well, let, if, you, if you're okay with it, Frank, uh, let's get into the, like, the concepts of fantasy races.
1: Yes, fantasy species,
0: yes, yes. races. That, that's already the first problem, right? Yeah. Because um, we <laughs> use race, the fictional concept of race, which doesn't exist. Yeah, we have ethnicity and that's it. But we yeah. can't say that elves and humans are ethnic. Uh, well, we can be ethnically <laughs> elfish, and we can be ethnically human. More about that later, but uh, well, since they can produce offspring together, that's one of those fun little ah parts of fantasy species. So, yeah, but they are called races by everyone, and like that's not a correct Mm. terminology. Am I right, or am I wrong? Once again, we are both two non native English speakers talking to each (laughs) other about English terminology here, but uh, you
1: know, oh, lovely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think we, everyone calls them races, despite yeah. the fact that they're technically not races. They're species, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. And once again, uh,
0: we, we could say there's a humanoid race then, maybe, or something. Or like a humanoid species. And then elves can... I don't know. I, I just better call them different species. But then, but, but then, but the, then what the, about those, the Kunari? Yeah, no, well, definitely. But, but, well, then that's, that's, a, that's a species apart. And that would be then whatever, I guess, but that would then claim that human and isles have a common ancestor, which would be fine um <laughs> but it does uh, given the problems surrounding the utterly pseudo scientific racial science um, <laughs> sorry the utterly pseudo racial science is <laughs> we we always feel slightly uncomfortable, right? At least I do. Uh, Feel free to tell me if uh, if you feel different. But I always feel slightly uncomfortable because like, ooh, where is this going to go? I wonder which very insensitive cultural stereotypes are going to be woven into this very specific, quote, fantasy race, quote, um, (laughs) to make make them uh, separate from humans. And this game does do some of that, but not
1: in the worst way possible. Um, yeah, yeah, it's not a singular I mean, it, thing.
0: Sorry,
1: go on. No, true. You're right. I mean, it, it happens in sci-fi as well, but I think in fantasy, it, it um, because in sci-fi they usually get away with like, oh no, they're 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 very different. They're very much a different species. Like they come from different planets, different places. But in fantasy, they usually belong, and they're usually very similar, um, aside from a couple of differences. So it's. It it gets a little fishier I think in fantasy because of that. And and you know, generally speaking, they usually are applied or, you know, refer to a particular culture. <laughs> uh human culture, by the way. And uh, yeah. this game isn't the worst at it, but um yeah. It's it's still always a little strange and a little mmm, I don't know how to feel. Yeah. And I think this, this is generated by a couple of things.
0: Uh, first off, namely, it has been done before and it's been done poorly, um, terribly. Yeah, I, I well let's let's pick the big man himself. Uh, I've, uh, maybe I've talked about this before, and I'm sorry if I have. But uh, we have um, like J.R.R. Tolkien, whose early, whose primary depiction of dwarves in The Hobbit was not great. Um <laughs> it's uh ooh. Ooh. and but then, you know, uh <laughs> Christ. Imagine doing this today. Uh just imagine admitting you're wrong and correcting it. And <laughs> like he he ad- he admitted like, oh uh, I'm I messed up here. And he took it out and uh yeah. It's uh then like replaced it in the Hobbit, I believe. But he at least acknowledged oh. it like ah oh, shit, I messed up. Um That's nice. I believe, like uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, also had some very problematic imagery, and the uh, they took that out as well. Uh, Ronald Dahl, of of anti-Semitic still, by the way, <laughs> but at least he listened to the uh, listened to black people complaining about the book, which I'm happy he did mm. at least. <laughs> but the the man wasn't good. I'm not redeeming him in any shape or form. But uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, so once again this whole thing about cancel culture maybe is bullshit, I don't know. Uh, just admit you were wrong and learn to do better. <laughs> Imagine that. But <laughs> that aside, so it has been done before and it has been done poorly and uh, you know, with a lot, not a lot of tact. And then when we confront these people about it, they have a tendency to double down. And just yeah. like, well, artistic license, artistic license, like, okay, well, that doesn't mean you should be an asshole about it, but whatever. Uh, we're not going to have the discussion again. I think everyone listening has a decent sense about these things by now. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so th- that's one of the big points. It has been done before and it's been done badly, which gives us a sense of anxiety when we enter these new fantasy worlds. Like like I said earlier, like, ooh, I wonder what insensitive cultural stereotypes are going to be used to demarcate <laughs> this gender, or this uh, uh, race, which isn't a race, but whatever. Uh, this species <laughs> <laughs> and this culture, Which, which I will say, What Bioware then does in its favor and what adds to a lot of anxiety that I personally have, and I don't know, feel free to disagree with this once again, Mm. but um, what Bioware does is that it does clearly depict species primarily as culture and secondary as species or as, you know, as beings or races, whatever Mm. you want to call it. Yeah. The culture comes first in a bunch of ways. Yes, there are um, biological elements to the, um, to the choice of the species. Uh, I'm going to use racing species now interchangeably. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to try and call species from here on out. You do. <laughs> don't do feel obligated to join me. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just feel more comfortable calling species. I'm, I'm sorry that's pedantic. Um, but yeah, but fantasy races, I'd rather say fantasy species for everyone. Here on out, mm-hmm. I'm going to say species. Um, so once again, uh, we see this most clearly with the elves in this universe. We have yeah. two origins for elves, namely, well, technically three if you want to pick the mage, but that's not here or there. Um, mm. But two uh, origins for the elves, the Dalish Elf, as they are called, and the City Elf, as they are called. And now the City Elf already kind of betrays that they will live in a city, <laughs> Um, <laughs> I kind of have to put that one together, huh? Imagine that. But and the Dalish elves are this this more, um, well, seemingly culturally adherent counterpart to the elves. The elves have faced um, severe persecution, religious and uh, religious persecution, and ergo also slavery.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, by the humans. And the the sentence of those who remain slaves then like live now in ghettos in the big human cities. This happens in Orle as well as Ferelden, and probably some other mm. spaces in the world as well. Uh, but we once again gonna just gonna focus on those those two human kingdoms for now. And yeah, so they 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 don't. Um, there's no one-dimensional elven groups. Elves just don't fulfill one function. They don't fulfill any function per se, other than the um, track of their culture, the development of their culture, and like just how it moves forward through time and space, or time yes. and history, I should say.
1: That's true. How do you feel about that? What, uh, did I miss something? Did I, uh... No, what?
0: that makes sense. What to was me. your impression?
1: Um, I mean, it's interesting, and I feel like this uh, this happens in others. But thinking just about them, uh, in this point. We, we see the culture functioning and we see the, the ins and outs of them. We see, like, oh, who is the um, community leader, so to speak? Uh, who's the one taking care of this and who's the one taking care of that and how do they interact, how do they engage? And the fact that you can talk to the individual people uh, helps to draw this picture of, like, um, even amidst the, the daily shelves, so to speak, uh, and the, the more... United culture, so to speak, or more aligned. Uh, There's still, you know, the 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 differences, the different understandings and stuff, even to a, a brief degree. And as such, when when we compare like these two peoples in their cultural settings, uh, what is distinct is not like oh they are they they usually do this or this what they're uh, specially adapted to do, but. Um, is much more uh, akin to the sense of like oh these are the elves that live in ghettos that are enslaved or akin to and something along those lines or these are the ones that live a more nomadic kind of life or settle themselves in camps in the woods and the like so it's i think what you mentioned about culture first is a very good play on bioware's part for this because yeah they're different they have these different elements but the the cultural aspects of those and how do they connect is more significant. And I think, like, given how, like, we... Because one of the things, or one of the species differences that is most pronounced is that of the dwarves, that they, like... Eh, simply put, if you're a dwarf, you cannot do magic. Yeah. And there's a sort of natural immunity to it uh, like that. But... the uh, rather than that being the sole focus, there's an engagement with like how how does it work culturally how do they engage with these other cultures how does, it, does their culture function and that is like a secondary or tertiary point so we're getting just getting back to the dwar- to the to the dalish elves or to the elves largely um we see these differences at play and how. How it's not really about all their elves; it's much more about the fact that you know they've been prosecuted. Yes, harshly, uh, even. <laughs> and yeah, to to no,
0: to denote this um, this immunity to magic, it is then told to us through playing the game that this is because the dwarves live underground, very close to a material called lyrium, and lyrium provides essentially uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's it's booster magic. It's the <laughs> It's the monster energy of magic, essentially. Um, <laughs> it's magical spice. Yeah, it's it's the magical spice mélange, indeed. It's very that's 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 a better one, yeah. Um, hey. They 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 are very because you know it's a trade that Orzammar has monopolized essentially. Um, yeah, or at least they are like by far they have like a soft monopoly on. Which, once again, I, once again, economics, yeah, Fancy economics, I love it. Uh, finally, I can do something with with the st- stuff that I've studied. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's not a hint out there. Uh, don't worry, I'm not going to talk about Orsomarian economics. Uh, we find, could. Uh, find find dwarven that, crafts, sure. facial more somewhere. I'm not going to talk about them, don't worry. <laughs> but uh, to touch upon that, like they live very close to this substance. And this has rendered them immune to magic. So if humans were to live and occupy the same place, or if humans were to live very close to Lyrium, they would have become immune to it as well. So it's not something inherently racial, it's just locality. Oh,
1: right. Which I'm... Sorry, go on. No, I wasn't entirely clear about, about that. If, if that, What was the causal, co- the causal relation there? So, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, anytime. I uh, played this game a lot.
0: Gonna get back to into why? Uh, well, anyway. I'm, i I've already come out as like someone who used to love Bioware so much, but then Bioware. Uh, well, we will get into that in another episode. Uh, mm. We already got into it a little bit about uh, on the on the Mass Effect episode, but yeah, um, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, so uh, I, I played this game a lot, and I, once again, I love this world. Uh, I think it's very good. Um, Once again, given once again, two thousand eight, two thousand seven, this game was in production, maybe earlier even. Hmm. So, I um, (laughs) the the achievement here is very profound. I think, like the (laughs) very broad cultural perception this game has, even though it has its uncomfortable um, humor, (laughs) not exclusively so, far from exclusively so, but it is it is it is uh, rich with certain jokes that. That we don't do, do not find it funny anymore, and a bunch of us maybe didn't even find found funny back then. Um, well, well, that's yeah, not who would I thank? Yeah, but uh, I, I try to raise this point about culture first um, as a hard contrast to uh, well, since I already mentioned it, Dungeons uh, and Dragons, for instance, how certain races just have a well, they call them races there again. Certain species have have uh, how do you say this? Just have inherent stat abilities. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh, that's, hmm, that's, um, well, once again, um, the D&D editions have gotten better at dealing with that at an mm. agonizingly slow pace, in my humble opinion, and nice. isn't quite there yet either. It's still quite a bit off. Uh, it's very popular to hate on Wizards of the Coast at the moment and its parents' company. So, you know, I'm going to skip over that. But um, I
1: mean, there's reason for it, but oh, yeah. let's well, not get definitely. bogged down. By it. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, precisely. But I'm 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 making this point precisely contrasted to, um, oh well, <laughs> that there we there we go. That's the third big donor for Dragon Age: uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, because uh, there <laughs> are sure are dungeons and there sure are dragons.
1: Yeah, I mean, hey, uh, eh? gotta talk about it now. For a game called Dragon Age, there are very few dragons. Two, three, or just two? What, two uh, in the base game. That's it. One in the expansion.
0: Yeah,
1: right. Or, or what? Well, four in the, in the expansion if we count yeah, yeah, yeah. the ghost one. If <laughs> you count the ghost
0: one, oh, I think we should count ghosts. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I well, get what you mean.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I'll say that the ghost one is more deserved than the other one, which just like yeah, show up here's a dragon. It's like what? Why? it's the Age um, of Dragons. Christ. It's, yeah, it's in the game. It sure is. It's the, sure name the, is the, it's the uh, other name of the game. <laughs> yeah, it's called Dragon Age Origins. They, they had to title it something, um, which it's a good name. I'll give it that. Very few dragons, though. Um, I don't know about two, but I, I played Inquisition, uh, basically to completion. There are more dragons in that game than any other Dragon Age game, I, I'd guess. Oh, yeah. Um,
0: Christ. Uh, funnily enough, like the way this world works um, instead of having a new millennium or having a new uh, century or like, I don't know, saying like the 20th century, they say the age of something Um, Mm. very odd way of doing this, uh, because the age of dragons was called because a bunch of people saw dragons flying in, so that's why it's called the age of dragons, Dragon Age
1: (laughs) But there's me. also
0: the Age of Towers, which, <laughs> does that mean there were like, we built build some towers and it's like, well, the cast is the Age of Towers. <laughs> and how do we agree <laughs> on this, by the way? I, believe I was it's, going to say, <laughs> I believe it's the Chantry historian. Okay, so the
1: Chantry—that's interesting. Uh, hmm. We also have non-Catholicism, Frank. Aren't you happy? Yeah. <laughs> Non-Catholicism. I mean, military non-Catholicism before, uh, like I said, Catholicism well I was gonna say uh military non catholicism before the death of the non christ yeah sure sure well we we okay do do you do you want to explain uh non catholicism uh
0: okay so there's religion as well there's culture religion uh, like once again yeah. very very well rounded uh, well crafted universe i think yes um significantly better than your average uh mm okay well <laughs> I think it's a lot more palatable than your yeah. average uh, Western fantasy RPG. It mm-hmm. does benefit from once again having very thinly filled inserts, like not England, not France, not Catholicism. Uh, we already <laughs> know what the just cha- by the just by the fact that it's called the chantry. Like I'm sorry, was the gospel
1: taken? Um, well, <laughs> you know, we already know that this is going to be Christianity, right? Like, come on. And then I mean, it was obviously going to be Christianity. And then you find out a little bit more. It's like, oh, yeah, so okay, so it's non Catholicism. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a the central figure. Um, there's a Jesus. But Jesus is a There now. is. Trans,
0: I got. No. Um, it's. A, <laughs> a Jesus is a, is a woman called Andraste. A great name for a Messiah figure. Uh, I, Nine out of ten. Great. Love it. Yeah. Uh, Agreed. Andraste. Sounds. Sounds a bit too English for me, but still, I think it's it's pretty good. Yeah, so she's, like, this person that died tragically and became a martyr. And it's like, hey, you can make a religion out of that. Bing. And that's how, <laughs> uh, you know, that's, that's how the Chantry came into life. And the Chantry, like, uh, was in response to, like, the Chant, I believe, the first Chant, which is, like, God, which is called the Baker. Yes. Uh, which, okay, well... <laughs> You can use the one.
1: creator, so you used the maker. <laughs> yeah, I'll give, him, give him a cool name too. What's, what's, what's that about?
0: Anyway, well, <laughs> but we do know immediately what the maker is. It's God. You know. So once again, very thinly filled. They know they have a lot to introduce to you. They know they have yes. multiple cultures to introduce to you, multiple nations. So I, t- I think I applaud them for this. Normally, I would be very coy about it, and I already have been. Because I'm me. <laughs> have you met me? Come on. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, well, you, they know they have a lot to introduce to you, and so they're not going to spoon feed you everything. So they utilize these um, correspondences. Uh, yeah, well, these, these very thinly filled elements are quite effectively. I think.
1: No, I agree. I think that makes sense. It's it's a way to help you both understand and take things in a different direction, which I think is kind of what like what they do with like the dwarves' religion. Which is effectively the stone um, <laughs> yeah. it's uh it's interesting i di- I didn't like it a lot uh, they also don't dream, which is quite interesting um, yeah because um dreaming is linked to going to the fate and that's where you draw your magic from so yeah uh, yeah well so lots of good connections there it's a very interesting world building and while there is a whole bunch of codex notes, a lot more oh, is told awesome. through the dialogue through the conversations and it's like I um I tried I wanted to read all the codecs, but uh, <laughs> even the completion itself as as me uh can't handle all of it I couldn't handle all of Mass Effect and this one even less I think yeah um I'll just I'll just make that point since I started talking about it uh military non-Catholicism before Catholicism was more military uh because uh, she was Andraste was the prophet Andraste. Uh, before she became uh, you know the figurehead um after she died but uh, like they effectively marched on their enemies to like try to get them to convert or something and then she was like captured and burned at the stake um yeah. something along those lines so the, uh, so there are her ashes um which are remarkable but uh, that's why I say it's like they did a march like a military march almost it's it's odd it's interesting um and she had like her generals and stuff so it's weird uh but it's largely non-catholicism and that's okay because you know th- then you can do interesting stuff with non-catholicism like uh having some people believe that uh, the act- your actual um prophet is or or you know messiah or something has been reborn in the form of a dragon for example yeah, yeah
0: so um then the notion is that Andraste marched upon a nation of mages called the Daventry Empire. We will talk more in detail about the Daventry Empire when they're more relevant.
1: The Daventry Imperium.
0: Uh, so, sorry, sorry, uh, Roman mages, <laughs> everyone, Latin. Mages. Roman mages, of course. Um, <laughs> which would, <laughs> well, which would be a contrast with uh, with uh, with the whole Catholicism. But anyway, point being, um, she marched upon the mages who, like, were corrupt and evil. So, everyone who believes in that version of the Chantry, or, like, follows that specific Chantry, um, believes that, that uh, magic is meant to serve men, not rule over them. So, mages yes. are not allowed to have public office, I believe. They're not allowed to own land. They're not allowed to have children, I believe. Uh, and they are locked in these towers, which are, fa- which are uh, fancy enough, I, I guess, um, <laughs> academic prisons. Yeah. And they have cops.
1: They do. They have, the... a speci- Go on. they have a specific branch of cops which uh, police, guard, control, and pursue escaped mages. Called the Templars. Uh, that's a term you've heard before, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> they, they couldn't come up with another name for this one. No. And, I don't know. It's, it's fine.
0: I guess uh, we can use Templars. Templars have been used by so many different things. That we can kind of use use them. I feel sure, uh, <laughs> right? It's 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 not going. Yeah, a...
1: I don't mind. <laughs> yeah, and... they're terrible always, pretty much.
0: Yeah, so yeah,
1: that,
0: uh... yeah. I don't. I kind of like them. But they're very clearly cops, like just there to perform as a uh, immediate executioner, judge, jury, and executioner for for
1: mages if necessary. Uh, yeah yeah they um should, well, I, I think we should briefly mention to the point that they have like a a quick genocide right right oh yeah the right of annulment <laughs> sounds mild it isn't
0: <laughs> they get to kill like uh-uh. every nation in the tower or something which is like
1: hmm
0: well I don't know what to
1: do with that, so I'm just gonna move on <laughs> yeah we we uh we're very a cab here and the Blatantly, cops. We don't like them. We don't like cops. So, uh, m- moving right along. Yeah. So,
0: let's, let's talk about the, the journey that we experienced throughout the game since we spent a long enough
1: time <laughs> building up the story and the world again. Well, we were talking about <laughs> the story and how this representation, so it was at least uh, a bit more interspersed. But yeah, you can,
0: uh, the way the game goes, can determine already on your first choice, namely your origin. Yes. Yeah, even your gender, I suppose. And mm-hmm. uh, because <laughs> the optimal, uh, if you want to have the most endings possible, you have to play um, a human noble, which is so... interesting. Oh. <laughs> well, yes. I don't know. Um, Sorry. I th- I, no, 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 no. Uh, I, I, I agree with the sentiment. <laughs> it is just, it is a very honest and responsible handling of privilege. A yeah. thing that Mass Effect doesn't as much, <laughs> True. Um, yeah, and it takes place in a place called Ferelden, and a human noble, so upper double upper class, um, mm-hmm. is uh, is going to have the most uh, fun, or like not the most fun necessarily, but like um, it's going to have uh, like a lot of options at the disposal, right? So yeah. it has a very responsible handling of this uh, privilege that you have as a human noble, in opposition to once again a city elf or normal or like a dailish elf or what have you. And I think that's very unique for its time, like you know to have such a thoroughly grounded perception of privilege, and have very be having having it very being very con- constant and consequential. Uh, I think it's, it's, you know, it's very impressive for its time. Once again, released in late 2009. Uh, There are games that come out today that do a significantly worse job (laughs) at it.
1: And, yeah, I don't know. I think it's impressive. Yeah, no. No, I agree. I, I think it very much is aware of, like, what privilege is, what privilege can be, how it influences things and how it's influenced. And... I think it's notable as well, because, like, I... In my origin as well, I started as a dwarf noble. And you were... uh, Because I wanted to be a dwarf for some reason, and uh, you had two options, a rise to power narrative or a fall from grace. And fall from graces are usually more interesting. And... The thing about that is how... I believe the rise to power is a commoner one, right? Yeah, because um, uh, the the dwarves, they have a, an extremely strict and horrible cla- caste system. They're called castes. And you can be like a no caste, where it's like you're kind of, you're not a slave, but you are like a nothing. Um, and, you know, everyone hates you pretty much. So you're basically like a terrible merchant or a thief or something like that uh the most you can do is pledge your life to die uh uh which isn't very nice and it, you see that dynamic dynamic at play. It's like as a noble's like oh this is what you should do this is what you should do this this these are the things that we could act upon um and you know you since it's a fall, uh, uh a fall from grace you you do come back and it's like yeah people still don't really like you that much um and I- even when you're just like oh because you were and whatnot and how that that paints a different picture but at the same time since you the dwarves are very isolated um if you talk about your name to most people it, which is not something i did because it wasn't something i want to take my character in that direction but if you're just like oh i am this from this family whatever like that m- might mean something or that might not because uh, as much as, like, oh, you're on the royal line or whatever, um, you're still isolated, an isolated culture, and your privilege has an amount of uh, range, so to speak. So there's uh, an understanding of these ins and outs of privileges, what that means, what that affects, and I I liked how the game handled it, really. Um, and, you know, you-, you see it in other play when you have other characters in other situations. So it's quite quite fun, quite interesting.
0: I will say I don't, I can't judge as someone who doesn't know a lot about countries that have had caste systems and how they yeah. operate exactly how how well of a utilization or if this uh or if this utilization of a caste system, which you know the only one that I'm familiar with remotely is India, yeah, or well, like parts of India,
1: and mm-hmm.
0: I. <laughs> I don't know how how respectful or like how no. Uh, well, once again, I cannot assess the quality of its implication and yes, its potential cultural either. yeah <laughs> uh, uh, potential cultural implications that uh, they utilize. Uh, I can't judge it,
1: so it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna leave that there. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I I mention it as like okay, so. Even if this is like insensitive or something along those lines, there is an understanding of like what privilege can be in a variety of different systems in this universe in relationship to the humans and the nobles, the dwarves, uh, the elves, uh, in relationship to the humans and others, uh, the mages and like their sort of political or or lack of political and uh, uh, citizenship privileges. So all that. Yeah, definitely. Um it it feels very well woven
0: together in a very mature way yes. that kind of like is absent in a Tolkien or it might have be in also in Wheel of Time and definitely in D in D and D, but D and D lays claim to different things, so I I don't know. I suppose Tolkien yeah. does as well. Um uh, that's one thing that I'm very agitated by when making my way through the colossal Wheel of Time was that <laughs> there were people that started off as commoners, and they turned out to be important. Okay, well, they were ordained by fate to be important. But okay, that that was mm. the name of the book. It became pretty clear, so I shouldn't complain about it going through it. <laughs> um, yeah, go on. But okay, but they were commoners. And then those commoners become kings, emperors, queens, and whatnot. Well, mean not queens, uh, but like uh, Archmage and I don't
1: know, like stuff like that. And I was like, oh, that's too bad, isn't it? We Let's... We, we need to do an episode on Terry Pratchett at some point. Oh, yeah. Just putting it out there because like yeah. that's uh, in in one of the novels. I'm not going to say which one, but it's like, oh, there's this uh, uh, noble heir and whatnot and what they're going to do. And it's like, you know what? You You should actually just... Break down this monarchy and have it be a different kind of system, because monarchies are horrible, shitty, shitty things. And it's like, yeah, no, that that makes sense. Um, and that's where that goes. Um, good. So you know, I, I I like Terry Pratchett a lot. Yeah,
0: I suppose uh, <laughs> not not much like that happens uh, at the end of this game. But no, sort of I mean, I
1: didn't it. expect it to either way. But like that that I didn't expect in Terry Pratchett because I hadn't read much of him. And it's like, oh. This is neat, but you know, there's there's interesting results in this game, as you do become, in, in a great deal of games, uh, you do in Mass Effect and Bioware generally, you become kingmaker.
0: You become more than just a kingmaker, I would say. But yeah, it's, true. Um, yeah, well, um, well, anyway. So, you pick an origin, and then you have an origin, and you're like, oh well, this is nice. I think usually. And mm-hmm. then something goes wrong. Boo, boo. <laughs> and then it goes, and the thing that goes wrong gets worse. But who's there in every origin to help us out of the wrong? Duncan. A man named Duncan. Um, Duncan is, uh, ah, who is um,
1: ruthless, is renegade Aragon, I think. <laughs> uh, if you will. He's, um, he's chaotic good. Aragorn. Ooh, I'm not particularly good, but yeah. Mm. Some... lawful evil.
0: I I don't know about that either. I, I don't know. Um, but move. Okay, having to move on. He's he's soft spoken. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> he's soft spoken but demanding, and he is terribly competent with that sword on his back. And oh he... boy, <laughs> and. Uh... <laughs> He, uh he's recruiting you into this majestic o- order of noble warriors called the Gray Wardens. Uh, usually because you just went through some uh, terrible stuff, you're like, yeah, okay, I guess I'll join. Um, <laughs> you basically have no other option. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I would love to go through each origin, but we don't have time for that, sadly. So yeah, we we then are like all but. Um, cajoled into <laughs> becoming a great warden by fate and the hard hand of Duncan. and uh, <laughs> Which is fine, I guess. You have to be something. And, um, yeah, so being a great warden and having uh, hearing that, oh, lucky you, there's might be my farewell be a blight on the rise. The thing that you're supposed to fight. Well, <laughs> and you go with uh, the warden to uh, Ostkar, which is like a place where every one of is gathering the troops to fight this blight.
1: Mhm. You want to want to want to go through what happens. Uh, so yeah. the so but... there's this alliance with the king of Heraldon and uh, the gray wardens to you know try to stop this blight before it properly begins and uh, runs over the, the rest of the country. But um awfully naive and uh Idealistic king who's obviously going to die. Um, he is betrayed by his extremely competent general, turned Logain, and as that happens, basically everyone dies but you and your good friend, recently turned Grey Warden. Um, well, he's not as recent, but uh, still somewhat young, Alistair, um, and you survive. To, to, to carry on as the only Grey Wardens, living Grey Wardens in the entirety of Ferelden. What I will even add to that point is how you become a Grey Warden. Since, you know, you, you kind of run out of options, this is what you've got to do. To become a Grey Warden requires a specific ritual called the Joining, where you basically, you drink did you, did the you Dark Do you think
0: they thought long about that one? Sorry? Do you think they thought long about that one? The Joining... Yeah, did you think they run it past focus groups
1: or workshop it? Or? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, am to you, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's a good interruption. Um, so they go through the very creatively named joining to join the Grey Wardens. And um, what that is, as you were like, oh, I need you to collect Darkspawn blood. And I'm like, huh, I wonder why. Um, obviously you're going to drink it. And when you drink Darkspawn blood, two things can happen. You live and you gain this kind of odd connection to the Darkspawn and the archdemon, so you can, like, hear it and hear them and, like, sense them. So you're kind of linked to it, and that gives you certain benefits and allows you to kill the archdemon, really. And But it also kind of dooms you because you don't live that long, and it kind of... The Darkspawn call to you, so you're eventually called to fight the remaining endless Darkspawn underground and die there. Or you die somewhere else fighting Darkspawn. There are no old (laughs) Darkspawn. There are also no old Darkspawn. There are no old Grey Wardens. Just like there are no old Witchers. But anyway, (laughs) um, just uh, something I remembered. You so you can either that can happen, or you straight up die and you don't survive the joining. Was that something that's advertised? No, no, so no. It's kinda the joining is a secret, it's a secret late. ritual.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, at that point, just like I, I was going to die anyway, and uh, I'm here. Might as well try to do something with my life. Um, <laughs> and well, how do you feel
0: about that? Let's just. Let's, how do I? Uh, f- how do we let's give us uh you know since you love ethical philosophy <laughs> uh, so i
1: yeah. as a free choice we'm gonna talk about that um if there is such a thing as a free choice um you know the like okay i could there's the chance to devote myself to the service or I die that is not a horrendous choice to make, but the problem is, by the time you find out what that choice entails, you need to take it or you are killed. Uh, which is when uh, Duncan proves to be the, the, the renegade Aragorn. Uh, because you. When you go out to collect the darkspawn blood in a, with the proper uh, party gameplay sequences, it's you and three other people? Is that right? Um, uh, well yeah Two other people And Alistair Yeah right Perfect Yeah that's what I thought And Alistair has already Been through the joining He's fine And you have two other recruits Who will undertake The joining with you And the first one Is like uh, You know he's committed He's serious about it Alright let's do this He takes it And he dies The next one Was very nervous And uh, concerned About the whole thing As final as he can die And sees the other person die He's like no No I can't do this i I need to go have a wife and then duck Duncan stabs him yeah so by that point there's no choice uh, effectively from the moment you want you decide it's okay let's try and become a great warden now though you don't, you've, that was the choice and you weren't aware of the consequences so it's a, it's a bit iffy there are worse moral choices that one could make but this is it's a little iffy because when you find out what this choice entails in a sense it's pretty pretty terrible pretty scary really but fighting the darkspawn you know fighting this in literally endless force requires a pretty serious commitment like a, a general detachment from the the remaining material world And as such, to to undertake this process, this ritual that, like, binds you to your enemy, um, it's kind of a way to ensure your commitment. So from the Grey Warden's point of view, I kind of understand, but is it ethical? I'm not entirely convinced. (laughs) And of course, you survive the drowning. Goes without saying, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. But do you think they have a right to
0: hide it, or give me give me your hot take?
1: Give me your uh... okay. um, Give me your hot gray wardens. Ethically, ethically, I don't Uh think they should hide it. However, the gray wardens aren't always in favor, uh, even without people are aware of this, because uh, they they're kind of extremely useful when there's a blight, and otherwise, you know, a lot of time passes and. uh, since they're kind of like on a uh, there's a, an expansion to Dragon Age called Awakening and effectively you become like a, a feudal count um and I um I don't like it but I understand especially in a in historical terms why certain kings may not like Grey Wardens owning land and it's like <laughs> no let's let's not uh so they they kind of lose favor with you know their, their benefactors their feudal benefactors really, and as such that can lead them into more negative positions. There have been conflicts between them and other kings, as we are told in the DLC. So these things vary quite a lot. Yeah, the, At the, wardens, end of the Day uh, hmm. The wardens in Ferveld already had their Philip Lebel
0: conflicts. Uh, <laughs> they already had their uh, Philip IV versus the Templar Order conflict. So. Uh, I believe it was Philip the
1: Fourth or sixth I, I don't remember doesn't matter sorry <laughs> <laughs> you're fine uh and and as such that that is a problem generally, so the great wardens have a crucial mission they have a vital mission to the all life really um, and or all sentient life if we want to call it like that, and as such. To hide a part of that in order to, you know, um, allow or create a more positive environment for recruits to attract people is in their best interests. So I... And, and given, like, how it's not... There's no two ways about it. Like, there's not... Nothing shady about it. Like, it's like, yeah, you become a Grey Warden and you fight Darkspawn. Like, that's it. Um, th- there isn't any sense of ambiguity there, and since you literally drink their blood you are bound for the rest of your not very long life. Uh, So there's no escape to it. And I understand. It's ethically very shady. But given their ethical or moral mission or quest, I'm not going to say it's justified, but it's understandable. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think a lot of people that I've witnessed talking about this is um, are forgetting that like you already have to sign up to become a Grey Warden, which is essentially to battle darkspawn for the rest of your life, yeah. which means you can die any day. So for you to be surprised that yes, you, you could die from de- joining, I think is a bit off. <laughs> I don't True. think it makes a lot of sense because you already signed up willing to die for the yeah. cause. I get though that it's different, like you know, dying from a fucking chalice, or like dying heroically, uh, defending uh, people, retreating or something against a darkspawn. Fundamental mm-hmm. difference. I get that. Um, there, there's a lot of iffiness around that, but I do think people forget that perspective a little bit uh, when discussing yeah. these things. Uh, once again, I don't condone it, uh, what they're doing, and oh, yeah. you know, but that's that's like I would and I would use that same argument then to be like, okay. Uh, since people are already willing to die, why not just be open about it? Like True. I don't know, just it, it's like I don't know uh this whole idea because you're gonna because Duncan kills the man. By the way, Duncan could have at least given him a speech. Yeah, uh, Duncan gave him, doesn't give him a speech; just draws his blade, like drink the drink the blood, and it's like no, no, I'm not gonna be like where where's the where's the soft approach there, Duncan? <laughs> where's uh like I, I just feel like they should have an obligatory course in like i don't know uh like some some counseling or like some uh, where's where's h r and all of this oh, that's all matter <laughs> that's so that, that's it died old. at the battle of Ostagar they uh, well it's it's pre battle of Ostagar at this point, so no excuse i know <laughs> uh <laughs> but no in all seriousness it's yeah it's a decently crafted i would argue uh the uh, ethical dilemma. Yeah. More so than your average Mass Effect one, which is a bit more... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, we already did our episode on that, so I don't need to go back to that. But I think this is, once again, a trademark for this game, this game specifically. The other games, yeah. uh, we will get to those when we get to those. Once again, it's understanding of social dynamics and just enriches the lore and how these organizations and... Uh, groups of people interact with each other so so well. And this ooh. is one of the many examples of that. Once again, it, well, it's a bit trite, sure. But for 2009, I thought this was very captivating. Young Leon Vat is very captivating. True. Uh, ooh, I'm not is, joining a noble warrior priesthood stuff. I'm joining a group of people that are very grim.
1: Yeah. Very gray, gray, Cheerful. Eyo. You know. Sorry. Sorry. No, that's that's good, actually. I I was going to note it also allows for a very hilarious trope. It's a very grim trope, but I find it hilarious. Like you know, the person who's serious, who's willing, who's committed—they always die. The joining, yeah, because of course they do. It's like, oh no, they're serious about it, so they must die. Definitely, except you and the (laughs) other characters in the in Awakening, because in the main game, no one else undertakes the joining. As a brief aside, it it would make for a very different game, and I'm, it would be really difficult to craft it for a bunch of reasons. But could you imagine, because um, like in Awakening or like a, a, in a, a different like Dragon Age game, was like, oh, this guy's going go, go to go undergo the joining, or whatever, and there's a percentage chance that they live or die the joining. So at any any given playthrough, they could all die or all live. Yeah, yeah, that would be. I'm Not sure that'd be something. fun. But that sounds interesting. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, it would give like a certain gravity to each moment, you know?
1: Yeah. And would make re- uh,
0: replayability really interesting. If oh, just, yeah. If it's just randomized or something, imagine that. I mean, BioWare would yeah. never, because BioWare is too choice-based. Yeah. Uh, they might obscure a choice, but they would never remove the choice.
1: I mean, you, you could uh, just have a setting that's like, okay, uh, do you want... Uh, you know, like a menu setting. It's like, oh, do you want them to live or die after like your first playthrough? Yeah, where you can uh... change the randomness. Sure, 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 sure.
0: I don't know how well would work with everything being telegraphed nowadays, with like uh, already people talking about this choice um, online and stuff. But yeah, we'll see.
1: I don't know. Uh, that's an interesting idea, but uh, yeah. It, it would require would make a lot of for voice work. A complicated game. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So Asgard, huh? Logan, huh? What a game. Low Um, I think that's. I'm gonna say this. Logan is the most disappointing character in this game. I think. It's very smart, though.
0: I think. In some he ways. is,
1: except where it counted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. Uh, yeah, maybe. I think um,
0: another figure that we talk to later has a very interesting uh, read of him, namely that like he approaches everything as if it's a human army, the uh, Darkspawn. Like uh, I mm-hmm. believe she says, like uh, maybe maybe Logain thinks that the Darkspawn are an army he can outmaneuver, and Logain definitely thinks that, by the way. Then Logain oh, yeah. very uh, smartly goes immediately to the capital as like uh, you won't believe what the Grey Wardens just did. Well,
1: what did the Grey Wardens do or not do? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> in theory, the Grey Wardens apparently betrayed uh, the King Caelan and kind of left him to die or, uh, and whatnot, when that's actually what Tern Logan did. And as such, he, he brands Grey Wardens traitors and is kind of pursuing you and Alistair, the last surviving Grey Wardens, to the point of sending assassins after you. But uh, I find that very funny because, like, a lot of people, when he says that's like, that makes no fucking sense. What are you talking about? Um, <laughs> so people just don't believe him. Uh, we're well, they very unsure. Go- Yeah, well, there, there are people who do, there are people who don't, there are people who have doubts. But it's, because, uh, like, in a lot of video games or a lot of stories in general, it's like, oh, someone tells a stupid fucking lie or something like that, it's like, Oh, you did that, <gasps> and you know everyone believes y- believes the lie except for like a handful of main characters. When this is like, people react differently, um, and because it's pretty d- difficult to convince lie. Yeah, no, definitely. But I think it's very interesting that he, uh,
0: he, he does this very smart thing, which is usually a thing that works if you have privilege, which he does as a human noble. Um, yeah didn't start off as a noble, he started off as a commoner, but during the uh, independence war with Orle, he uh, he became friends, buddies with the king, the father of Kalen, uh, Mark, mm. Marcus, was King, Merrick, Merrick,
1: um,
0: Merrick, Something <laughs> Mark, I don't know, fuck it, <laughs> uh, he became uh, friends with the king, with the king back then, and he raised him to literally like an archduke or something, the equivalent of that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, he then acts exactly as a person that's used to um, privilege uh, would act, namely that he gets his story out first. And usually, when you get your story out f- the first, as as a first, then the other uh, group will always be playing catch up. They will always yeah. be playing uh, like, oh, I have to like discredit you, and then I have to. I don't. Not only do I have to discredit them, but I also have to then. I'm also impertinent with still proving my claim. Of events, you know, so I thought yeah. that was very well done uh, intrigue. Um, True, this game generally has pretty good intrigue. I think it does. Uh, I agree. It Never overstays It's welcome. It's it's uh, <laughs> it all comes to heading to a, v- a very clear part of the game. A Very clear. delineated yeah. The deline- delineated section. That is.
1: Um, I um. Yeah. I. I. I... I mean, I, I kind of, I, I wanted Logan to have, I don't know, some sort of gravitas or something to to his decisions, other than you know, ambitious power grab, um, which is how it all ends up. So that was like, oh, okay. I, I, I kind of wanted more out of this character, uh, especially given his story and his uh, his rise to power and whatnot. But yeah, that's 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 what happened. So uh, I was kind of disappointed about it, not in a bad way, I suppose, but it just happens sometimes. Made it a human villain for it for it all. Yeah, well, he's a tragic-ish figure,
0: like this once upon a time national hero, who thinks he can do the same trick again, and it's kind of a one-trick pony, and doesn't understand the you know he's kind of a boomer, he doesn't understand <laughs> the present very well, and thinks he can just do the same things again with the exact same skill set that he has done. Uh, that he has acquired by dealing with a totally different situation,
1: <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's terrible risk management. Of like, yeah, let's not kill the darkspawn. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> that that is a bit weird,
0: because once again, um, it's <laughs> if why why risk it? Like, what was the gain? Your daughter was already married to the king, so yeah, that's a pretty lofty position.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like it's not how, like his position was in danger, like he was out of favor. No, he's the top man. Well, the king was
0: asking the Orleans for help, which he has a PTSD trauma from or something. So maybe that was yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know. It th- doesn't matter. But uh, still, yeah. unconvincing. So after all that, you have to like fend off Locaine's even uh, attempts, and you have to do Grey Wardens stuff. And luckily, the Great Wardens can call upon every group, every nation, every culture, whatever to join the Grey Warden Army and uh, fight the lights because it's an international phenomenon.
1: And they have very old, like, letters of mark. Yeah. Uh, that recruit every large nation to, like, you know, you gotta help me. Hey, remember <laughs> that one time <laughs> your
0: ancestors, ancestors, ancestors signed this thing? That's kind of this but... Luckily, uh, these stories are uh, passed down quite well, so nobody's like, oh, did we sign this? Oh, fuck, I don't know. Uh, but instead, every place you go to has a little problem going on, and they, can't, they just can't give you their troops, because we have this problem going on. <laughs> uh, how about you pick one that you find most interesting?
1: Sadly, we can't mm, talk about everyone. We can't. Uh... We talked a bit about about the mages already. Um, I do not... I can't care... I couldn't care less about Redfall. Uh, How about the Dalish, then? Well, the Dalish are interesting. Um, In the
0: sense that they are then in exploration because you do meet the City Elves. And then the Dalish are uh, this very interesting contrast. The Dalish acts a lot more Tolkienian, I suppose. But maybe also a bit more European folklorish. Uh, a mix of the two, I think Which, um, I'm going to ask you a very annoying question What makes <laughs> an elf?
1: Uh <laughs> huh um, I thought gonna of gonna this take... question beforehand
0: And I already wrote my answer down So,
1: Of course you did I'm going to take <laughs> an anthropological answer Which is the belonging to A, a group, a community of elves
0: And how do, would you recognize This group of community of elves? If they claim to be elves. <laughs> okay. Sure. But, okay. So this this whole conversation of elf. Has been very interesting. Um, and it's such a a, a. a tremendous notion. Throughout fantasy fiction. Um, mm-hmm. Once again. Utilized most famously. By Tolkien. Um, but also very distinctly by Tolkien. Um, in more ways than people give them credit for people just kind of, like, assume... Like, even within the Lord of the Rings movies, like, the Murkwood elves are very different from the Rivendell elves, and the Rivendell elves are very different from the Lothorian elves. and Lothor- Okay, you, you get the idea. <laughs> but they all kind of like nature a lot. They love hugging trees, they have long hair. Uh, yeah. All white in the Peter Jackson movies. Uh, <laughs> hmm. um, yeah. But, yeah, that that sadly has left this mark of that elves need to be white as well, which is weird man that's uh even Tolkien was like i don't know about all that i don't uh, i left south uh, apartheid south africa and i don't necessarily care that much about race which might have been a publisher statement i once again i don't know how cool the the guy the man himself was but uh <laughs> yeah i don't know given the fact that he wanted to reconsider his perceptions of uh you know the uh, unfortunate dwarf characteristics I'm mm-hmm. gonna give him some credits uh, and say that it's possible that he yeah, felt that I way. I agree. Uh, imagine being like <laughs> less uh, less progressive than a fucking white Oxford professor that was born in the 1800s. That is not a handle there. Um, <laughs> so, if you right. think of elves can't be white, it can it have to be white. That's weird. It's weird, man. But yeah, moving on. The uh, this notion of elf is like it's, it's very interesting because you asked me like, oh. Are the Asari elves? And I'm like, hmm, I guess. So one of the notions I would put forth is long-livedness, uh, mm-hmm. which doesn't have to be the case, but is the case in this <laughs> in this uh, in this franchise in this series. Even though they are becoming mortal quite quick, uh, they still have longer lives than most. True. Don't know what it's I think out- so. Yeah. Once again, the mage elves have longer lives mostly. Um, the city elves than mm. the shortest. And I never really get in, uh, I'm pretty sure it's in the lore. In one of the many like you pointed out, thousands of codexes.
1: Codex I. I don't know. <laughs> They're um, long.
0: Yeah. So I'm sorry I don't have an answer for that, but long living is often often a thing. And this uh a, um, this link with nature also seems to be very folklorian link. Mm-hmm. Um Tolkien then also like drew uh, inspiration from um Norse mythology, where elves mm. are also a thing, right? And dwarves and elves uh might be like, you know, one of the OG inspirations for those things. Mm, for both possibly. dwarves and elves. Um, because you know, uh, dwarves craft stuff, they craft dwarves hammer and so forth and so on. So yeah. the fact that dwarves are good at forges and crafting things, fine dwarven crafts, face more somewhere. Um mm-hmm. it's <laughs> this this episode is sponsored by No. So, you know these notions are pretty old and like embedded in uh, older older European cultures. I don't know about elven notions outside of Europe and I'm sorry for that. But that is very interesting and I'll I'll look it up sometime. Um True. but I'm True. I kinda have to focus on what I know, so I'm sorry for that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this this idea and, and once again they are very elvish, aren't they? They they, they, they hit a lot of boxes. The long lived is do. Uh, bows, bows, big on bows. Um <laughs> Which I think is mainly a Tolkienian edition. I'm not quite sure. Mainly a Peter Peter Jackson Tolkienian edition. Yeah, sure. probably. Uh, big on bows, big on bows, and, and um, like in their nature and all that, and they are very mystical. The language that they speak is uh, somewhat inspired by Tolkienian elfish, I suppose. I think, <laughs> not quite sure, but uh, I imagine so it's it's very sing-songy. Um, I don't mm-hmm. like saying that because. Mm, <laughs> might be considered condescending, and I don't know exactly what languages, maybe real life languages that is drawn from, which is might inadvertently be you not know, condescending, and I don't <laughs> want to do that. But yeah, so I don't know. this this idea of uh, their ideas of elves are interesting. The fact that they live yeah, in mean, ghettos
1: is odd then as well. And yeah, I'll I'll preface my or I'll, I'll give a post facto. Uh, response to my answer that I was thinking about like okay what makes the dragon age elves um th- what makes these elves elves for them in universe years. sorry yeah uh so it's like it, it's it's difficult cuz like yeah there are things which are like oh but what like makes these Dalish elves or these elves in dragon age elves and it's not entirely clear i think that's uh, the the point you drove before that like They it's culture before species, and the culture is more varied and not as obvious in those senses of you know what we traditionally or more stereotypically or typically uh, think of elves. And they're elves, sure, but in what ways are they that connected to the elves? Because, like, okay, they, they do live in nature, okay, they do seem to be more long lived. But is that like a defining characteristic for them? And that's not as clear, at least from playing this game.
0: Definitely, yeah. So it's, um, I think that's one of its greatest assets, like this idea, like you said, culture before uh, you know ethnicity is pretty good. Um, I guess we could get into. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, so the uh, the uh, conflicts. Yeah. in the uh in the forest is then also interesting because it it has to do with like the lingering wounds of human cruelty yeah and how holding on to this hate can then um, lead for it to be taken out on someone else which yeah. is a very difficult narrative to pull off i'm very hesitant to uh yeah i don't know I mean, it's a cycles of per-
1: violence narrative it's it's extremely difficult to talk about not just a cycles um, of violence but like clearly like an oppressed group of
0: people cycle of violence which is just a tad bit different
1: yeah yeah um i am familiar because you know in, in brazilian history that that is a thing and that is a case and in this is not we're not necessarily talking about people of privilege but people of you know uh, lower classes or of like a more criminal uh, group or something along those lines. But that leads to this um, re-kindling uh, of violence, uh, so on and so on and so on, in ways that are quite terrible. But you're right, of course, that in this case it's much more obviously a kind of, you know, justified violence because it's it's an oppressed people against the oppressor. But that has marks. I mean, I, I've spoken about this in the Word for World is Forest episode, uh, or text. Was that a text, or was that an episode? No, it was an episode. Okay, thank you. Uh, it's, I've been doing this a while. You might also have
0: done a text about it, but we did an episode contrasting it to dying, uh, uh, Seven Times Never Kill
1: Man with Arthur, remember? Oh, yes, of course. Because that, that, like, I think I did, I may have done a solo episode on it, or just a text on it, uh, but when we talked about Arthur, that came back again, whereas, um, you know, the, the the point basically that this violence can be justified, but it still leaves wounds because violence leaves wounds. And in this case, it's like, how can this holding on to this anger and this, this hatred that is justified can still lead to further wounds to people who are not involved there? And, and can you really blame generations like that? Uh, which is kind of what what is happening in the in the conflict with the the elves here in the the funnily funnily named woods. <laughs> Indeed, no. Um, so yeah, uh, it's
0: it's difficult to navigate that precisely because it can depending. It's gonna well, it gives it a fair shake than I than I think most would do, and yes. I think. Uh, later on the game uh, the, the second game Dragon Age 2 does it a lot more poorly does the same thing but poor, oh. poorly um, mm-hmm. also because it's less uh, well, anyway, we'll get to it when we get to it and, mm-hmm. and this is very uh, zoomed out and very zoomed in it's the tragedy of a uh, of a singular man but at the same time it is this tragedy is so clearly representative of larger uh, like in this case entire culture felt pains. It's, it's yeah. so emblematic. It's so uh, the crimes committed against these people are so mon- monotone? monotone. Is that the right word for it? Uh, they overlap. So. They overlap quite a bit. They, mm. they're, they're, quite, uh, they're not quite singular but close enough, right? Uh, it's yeah. always like violence, killing and like, you know, all that stuff. And, yeah, there is a breaking point, and that breaking point, holding on, or, like, you know, handling um, from that pain can have negative consequences for your culture and your people at large. Because what does this uh, elven wizard do when he sees that a bunch of humans have killed his uh, family? He curses that uh, group of people, and they turn into werewolves. And those variables then later on hunt his uh his, his tribe, what's it called again is uh there's a specific um, name for the elven group
1: um yeah, that's a good question um oh, um okay, well, never mind you'll we'll just
0: but yeah, so his his group of people are then lem- then lem- harmed, and he is the keeper of that, and that's like the the uh you know the first among equals the um, the the one that like keeps the lore and like essentially decides where the whole group is gonna go to and how, how they're gonna know yeah the community leader yeah and um, you know this this person then but kind of portrays his function by doing that by uh, leaving this like uh, this curse intact as well
1: and well, yeah because he he curses that and like their generations or or something yeah. along those lines like. It's not just the people who are involved, but, like, all their successors, or all their, um, their descendants. That's what I was looking for. Yeah.
0: And, yeah, I, I I don't know. I think it's handled decently enough. I don't have an issue mm-hmm. with it. But we need to be carried careful not to make it... Um, when, when we utilize these type of narratives, these type of story beats there's a very explicit danger to be pedantic towards minority groups. That they do not deal with their emotions responsibly. And especially uh, if you are of the group of people that is oppressing that minority, or has been oppressing that minority. Um, To say that, well, it's literally the... uh, We we are always at risk of being the oh, it's so long ago, why are you still holding on? Or like, just get over it, dude. like To be
1: that kind of guy, and you don't want to be that
0: kind of guy. Come on. That's, uh, yeah. anything else. And,
1: and to equalize those violences, which are, they are not equal. Yeah. So, do we, uh, <laughs> want to rush through the ending? Sure. Um, cause, you know, that, that's kind of, it, it's, it's very BioWare format of like, you know, you've got these four big places to go or free. And you need to go to each one, gather an ally. Do the mission, what not, uh, for actually, I guess, and then you know you you're prepared to go into the next act of the game, and then you would do that, and then it's like okay, let's prepare for the end, and um, uh, I want to talk about that that uh final, uh, you know um, okay, so you gather your allies, and then you have like a collective trial for the nobles between you and Loghain. Whereas like, you know um, The lands meet. sorry. The lands meet. It's basically like so this is all that you did, Loghain. And it's like this is nonsense. And here's some evidence for it and it's like here it is. And then it's like you win and Or not. You, you, or not. You, you <laughs> can lose the lands meet. Oh yeah. Ooh do tell And then something very bioware happens. Oh no. You just get the fight, Logan. And then you win the lands meet anyway. Yeah, you you do a trial by combat. (laughs) Well, he can still ask for a trial by combat even if you win. So. Yeah, okay.
0: Well, but essentially you just then all fight each other and then you go into trial by combat.
1: Right. I thought that was like, oh, that's gonna make the ending sequence different or something like that. It's like, no, you, you. You win the landsmeet no matter what, always. Yeah, essentially.
0: Because it is the crucial point on which everything hinges. True. It would be really funny if you just stood there alone with, like, 12 people defending Denderim.
1: That'd be fun. (laughs) Like, the city got absolutely wrecked. Yeah. (laughs) The Blight just wins. No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you could actually do something along the lines of, you know, the, the Blight moves further so eventually you do beat it, but that's like, you know, on the the border of Orlais. Yeah, I
0: guess. But uh, I don't know. It would be like a whole thing. And then we'd have to draw that out. And it's it's not heroic enough, I guess.
1: I mean, you'd have like a a longer third act, where it's like, there's a failed defense of Dendron, there's a failed defense of the tower, there's a failed defense. No, because uh, those
0: things need to be intact for the next game.
1: No, no, but this is just a non-canonical version. <laughs> um, okay. Like well, let's the where on... Shepard dies.
0: <laughs> Shepard. Um. Shepard. Uh, Shepard. But uh, let's let's focus on what actually happens. True, sorry. sorry. No, no, no worries, no worries. <laughs> you win a lands meet and then we have like... And, and in the space to land meets it's one of like my favorite uh, moments as well, especially if you're a human noble because that's when your privilege comes to full fruition. You can like, <laughs> you know, you're like... Talking to you, are a fellow human nobles, you're like, hey, Logan kind of sucks, right? He's kind of a commoner originally. Uh, how about uh, me? I am like the son of High Never. I'm like, like, old, like I'm also a Terran first of all, like, or at least my family is are Terrans. So that's equal footing of, with Logan. And my family is as, old as time, as old as well in itself. And like, you know, uh, I'm, I'm just going to marry Logan's daughter if I want to, <laughs> and uh, we will rule. It's and they're like, oh well, that's yeah, good. you can. You can make yourself king. <laughs> well, you're. So, Anora, uh, Aurora? Anora, Anora, I believe. Anora. An- Anora, daughter of Logan, is like, no, I'm going to be queen. You're going to be prince consort. But, you know, uh, she's just going to be queen by essentially allowing you to be uh, who you are. Um, or, like, yeah. allowing you, uh, you know, free reign. So, it's whatever. I will say this marriage then cuts off your romance with any party members that you have. I <laughs> um, mean it would, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Depending on which arrangement so uh, there are some arrangements uh, to be made <laughs> up to anyone to judge uh, the validity of that or uh, whatever you like. However, Maybe. there are some, also some other arrangements to be made. You could marry L- Alistair to Aurora plus uh, uh, Nora because yeah. she or he turns out to be uh the king's bastard. That's a whole thing to toss in there at the end. And the king's half brother, actually. Yeah, well, uh, bastard. bastard. Yeah, Barry's bastard to the previous king's bastard, and is uh, yeah is is a uh, is also half half Elven. but we don't uh, find that out till later. I believe it's uh, it doesn't really <laughs> matter because he looks human. Like, yeah, um, yeah. So we have this whole uh, um, like at the end, you have this whole configuration. Of nobles and like like lobbying to win the lands meet, but then you, you get to be like <laughs> you really feel like a kingmaker in this one because you're a literal kingmaker or queenmaker up to you, yeah. and people still react logically by far and large. Our Nora mm-hmm. doesn't side with you if you're not going to win the lands um, but does right. side with you if you want to win the lands if you get to win the lands meet. So, yeah, you know, she acts strategically, which is like so cool, like she is not locked into anything. She's gonna anticipate to, uh, she's gonna react and anticipate events, which once again is how intrigue should work. Uh, yeah. it shouldn't just be like a chessboard where you get decide pawn to e three. Uh, no, <laughs> it's gonna have to. You know, that's a shit opening. Don't ever do that, by the way. But <laughs> the, the, I'm glad you can that. tell that by heart. Uh, I don't know. I'm not a fan of it. Um, it's not the worst, but I don't know. Okay, depending on which 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 other. Gambits you want to play from there on out, but other than that, <laughs> chess episode coming soon. No, um, it's uh, yeah no. So you get to configure. It's a game. Fervelden post uh, post blight Veldon in some severe optimism that there's going to be a post blight Veldon. You get to configure how that's going to look like, and yeah. you, accept for the added benefit of being a a, a pseudo ruler yourself if you're a human noble. Or if you're a uh, woman noble, you get to marry Alistair if you like, if you have romance him. And you can rule together. And uh, so you always play second field no matter what, what gender you are. So that's nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. However, if you're a elf, you, a woman elf, and you romance Alistair, he will not marry you. That's not oh, that. racist. Yeah, because he can't because he's a human noble king. Uh, human royalty that don't marry elves. Yeah, no, definitely, but it it's it makes sense. It's not a fa- happy fairy tale ending, which I do f- very much like because it has established this is not a fairy tale world. Yeah. So you know, uh, it 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 tempers this Bioware, um, amazing hero's journey type. You can do everything. You are great. hoo Um, it, it, not it quite. Is, it plays according. This game, like this game's greatest achievement, I think, to top it off, then, um, is that it. Plays to his own rules so well. Yeah, it establishes his rules very diligently and then sticks to them far more often than not. And then uh, at the uh, at the end, we then have the final battle, very long drawn out battle all over the city, very uh, battle of ministerial type thing going on there. True. And yeah, and uh, or Helm's Deep, or if you like, it's um, and then you, then there's like the final, uh, final blow to be struck. Against the Archdemon. Turns out the person who does that dies. Another fun Grey Warden uh, hidden <laughs> snake in the grass, huh?
1: Yeah, well, that's why it has to be a Grey Warden, because only yeah. they can properly kill the Archdemon. Yeah. Uh,
0: I was going to talk about three options. There are more options, but I was going to talk about three. Either you kill him, either Alistar kills them, or someone else, but don't worry about that. I um, just going to focus on those two. Wardess' hidden third option.
1: Yes. So, uh, this will eventually allow us to talk about the companions. But one of the companions is a woman named Morrigan. She's a, like, Witch of the Woods kind of thing. Um, and she's connected to a very old, dangerous, strange entity called Flemeth. And.
0: Yeah. Literally, Celtic god Morrigan. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
1: yeah, quite. <laughs> Morrigan. And Morrigan, she. She found, finds out, and that was kind of what she was there to do via Flemeth, pretty much. That's like, okay, so here's the thing. She, she approaches you, like, on the eve of battle, and it's like she's in your bedroom. And she's like, okay, so I know that it, whoever kills the Archdemon dies, so I have a proposition for you, fair human Noble. You could have sex with me, and the child will absorb the power of the Archdemon, the, the, this corrupted old god, and will live. Or human <laughs> elf or human dwarf. She doesn't discriminate. She doesn't. At least Well if, it, you're, it, a man. Um, That's only if you're not if you're not a man, she's like, I, I need to have sex with Alistair. Yeah, or?
0: Uh, well never mind. Go on.
1: No, it's only Alistair.
0: No, well, it, Alistair can be replaced by somebody, oh, but that's out of here. Yeah, true, of course, of course. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, it's, it's not important. It's not important, I'm sorry.
1: It isn't. <laughs> um so she she can have uh but the point kind of and that's her I think her bigger argument is that like okay, what what I'm trying to do is preserve s- something of a being that has been fa- that has fallen from grace, that is corrupted. I'm trying to take something that has destroyed and, and wants to, you know, give it a chance, uh, pretty much. Bring something back that hasn't existed in a very long time. And effectively, the child kind of absorbs the power. It, it, like, transfers this old god essence into this child to become something. And that way, pretty much everyone lives.
0: I like that if, if you do that choice, then Alistar is like, oh, well, I guess it was bullshit. He's very <laughs> ready to accept that um,
1: that all happens. It's like, yeah, I'd rather live, actually. <laughs> yeah, he's very like... pragmatic about it. You <laughs> can be a little more, you know, think about it a bit, but it's like Alice like, happens. no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, am f- good with this. Yeah, there's already enough death, so fuck it. true. And of course, in the final, in the in the final battle, or the final moment, if you didn't do the ritual, you choose if you go k- kill, uh the Archdemon, and die, or you can tell Alistair to go. Yeah. Um, which is uh, pretty cold.
0: It's like, yeah, I'm going to die. You do it. And he's like, oh, okay. It kind of does it as well, which is hilarious.
1: Yeah, no, uh, no. what is actually hilarious about the whole thing is that, again, at the 11th hour, you find another Grey Warden from Orle. And uh, he was a prisoner in the capital via one of Loghain's goons, something like that. You rescue him. And then uh, at the eve of battle, he tells you, okay, so I need to tell you about something. Uh, whoever kills the Archdemon dies. Uh, usually that tra- tradition follows the, the older Grey Warden in charge. He does that. So I will try to do that. But if I c- don't succeed, it's up to one of you. Yeah, but he's of French. course, he dies immediately during the battle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he it's shows it's up the same he dies. trope. It's the same trope from before. People, person, willing to do this, dies before they, you know, get a <laughs> chance to, to do this. Uh, do you want true. to tell the audience how he dies? Oh, he, like he
0: he jumps on the dragon. From the tower, which, <laughs> if the dragon was just like accelerating by like, I don't know, one mile an hour, it would have, probably died. Uh, but okay, yeah. he he does it. Uh, like, uh, at one. Uh, with the one movie with the blue people. He jumps on the thing, and he uh, fumbles. and But luckily, when fumbling, he tears the wing of the of the archdemon, dragon thing. Oh, well, he damages it a bit. Yeah. And the witch causes the archdemon to land on top of another tower. So, well, he dies. He promises to his fucking death, never to be seen <laughs> again. Of course. Um, but at least he damaged the archdemon enough for you to run up the tower and kill the arch demon.
1: Yeah. I mean it's like I will I will try to to be ready for to deal the the final blow. Doesn't? Just doesn't It's like yeah. clearly he, he, he did he, he couldn't possibly believe he'd survive the the jumping on the archdemon, the flying demon dragon. It was not
0: his best move I think.
1: But uh well
0: it it all worked out in the end, so
1: Yeah of course. I mean I find it funny that like the, the, the ritual that you do and whatnot It's like oh a dark promise That's the achievement name And I'm like no that's actually the good ending That's what I'm going to call the good ending uh, Bioware <laughs> I don't care <laughs> Yeah well uh, My very first
0: playthrough was an easy choice Because my, my very first playthrough of this game I romance Morgan so Of course you it's did like, Sure <laughs> I will do this uh, this bears very little uh, thinking over. So that's where the game ends, uh, mostly. The Ferelden, um that you have crafted together in the final acts of the game um, then passes uh, by you by slideshow in more of an Obsidian fashion, but oh well. Uh, yeah. I can do it too.
1: Well, not not just Obsidian, very Far Cry fashion. No, Far Cry. Um, the other one, Fallout. Oh, yeah. Well, but yeah.
0: <laughs> let's get into uh, what
1: makes a Bioware game, of course, which is then the companions, and I think that will be uh, that. Yeah. Um, I, I Generally, uh, the, there's a, an interesting variety of companions. You mentioned the romance at the very beginning, but what I what I wanted to mention, which is most interesting, is you know in the other games, in both KOTOR and Mass Effect, the characters take shape the shape you give them. So, uh, they don't really... I mean, there are a handful of circumstances, but they don't really resist you. They are putty to be molded by Shepard uh, or the Jedi, uh, whichever one it is. And in this game, it's not. No, is no. It's not like that. Actually, it's like these characters have opinions, positions, things that they favor and disfavor. And if you act in their best interests or agreeing with their positions, they will like you more. If they, do- if you don't. They will like you less. Yeah. To the yeah. point of leaving
0: you, actually. There are some actual... There's some. There's a lot of gravitas to um, these companions. And yeah. I talked a little bit about um, the companions on Mass Effect being like little content story boxes. And yeah, that's always going to be what essentially a companion gonna, is going to be. Or at least a part of that companion is going to be like that. Yeah. Um, But i think this game does handle this problem very well by once again making them very vibrant first off and yeah if you pay attention and once again this is one of those games a very important detail that should have mentioned earlier um this this doesn't have a dialogue wheel it just has dialogue written out and you pick which line you want to say once again like original fallout or like uh well original fallout and like uh, up till new fallout in new vegas uh, thought 4 dropped it and went with the dialogue wheel as well, and you know you have to think, like based on what this person or what this character, uh, this comp- this companion character, has said to me, what would be the right response here, and if you put that minimal effort into thinking and paying attention to what they say, you will navigate them decently, but their problems are still emotional and complex, and do then make them feel, well. I don't necessarily need them to feel alive. I never know what people mean when they say that, alive. Like, what, what <laughs> element of life? Never mind. Uh, no need to be typical Leon here. But um, it's uh, well, It's always been very interesting, I think, um, to, to navigate these characters when there's, like, legitimate risk. And, well, legitimate risk, I don't know about that. But when there's a risk to saying the wrong thing, like a real person, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, and essentially they might have like some trauma that you can help them guide be, uh, guide them through but it's still very much their achievement then and you're just like watching whereas Shepard procures these uh, the, the trauma solving objects and then gives gives it to the uh, character which is not always the case but you know I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> allowing to allow myself some leeway here to to uh, to illustrate a point
1: yeah of course and, and i think that helps a lot as well because they are there's no morality system. There's no good points or bad points. There's like, you know, what these characters may like, which is contradictory it, it, depending on the character. Like, Morgan doesn't really like when you help common people, uh, but Alistair and Liliana really do. Um, and in a larger sense, the, the decisions that you make in the world and whatnot, they shape the world, but the game won't really say it's like, oh, you did the good thing, you did the bad thing. Sometimes that, that happens a, a bit better, like, at the ending and, and whatnot, like that uh, slideshow. But in larger terms, that's not, not like, oh, you did, the good, you did the good choice. You were the good shepherd or the good grey warden or the good hero. It's like, no, you made different choices.
0: Definitely. And your own political and psychological understanding of things is going to, like, filter um, what, what choice was good. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, it, it, it allows you to make up your own mind about these things and allows you to like, you know, yes, you are a kingmaker and whatnot, but it still has a somewhat mature response to your kingmaking ship, if you will. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not just like, oh, you are great. like The game never really cheers you on. Like Mm -hmm. the choice that you want to make is its own reward or it should be at least
1: at least that's how I interpret it yeah that's right I'll I'll just give a brief example where I think that kind of it doesn't work as well because it is a binary option Um, in the case of the dwarves you again have to king make but you need to choose between one and the other and uh, one is a, a pragmatic snake and the other is a staunch traditionalist there's yeah. not very good choices, but the game does give you at the end the happy blog dialogue. It's like one is better than the other, and it is the snake actually. That that's the bit that I don't like. I was like, I think it doesn't... they don't need to be good either of them, and one in in that case one is better than the other.
0: Yeah, we can uh, we can top it off with uh, saying what
1: uh, which companions we like. Oh, of course. If you want? That's a good call. Oh, um, I think we, we do two things. We say which companions we liked and then we can do a smash or pass. <laughs> okay, sure. Sure. Because it's this kind of... Because the BioWare video game should have done that with Mass Effect, though, shouldn't we?
0: Uh, well, we can talk about it when we talk about the illustrious drama Androm- No,
1: it's good. Oh, God. <laughs> we keep that out of the BioWare files of the left page and here be media. My face is tired. Sorry. <laughs> go on. Let's. Uh, um, you go first then. Okay. So I think my my favorite companion companions that like it's it's Liliana who is the Christian assassin, um, assassin turned priest or monk. A very Christian. Uh, I suppose. Uh, she's Lunch. also a lesbian, which is no, great. The bisexual. Oh, she's bisexual. Okay. Thank you. Sorry. No worries. Um, Again, she's bisexual. It's great. Um, I think her. Then, um, oh Christ, what's what, what's his name? Uh, um, Which one? The Kunari. Stan. 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 That's is what great. we call him.
0: Not his name, though. But continue.
1: Oh yeah, that's true. That's not his it's name. His job.
0: He identifies him yeah. with his job because he's from. Ob- Ob- Authotherian n- non-descript unified ideology lad. <laughs>
1: Moving <Yeah>. on. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah um, Stan, So like yeah, Stan. I think I think more uh, okay, Liliana, Stan, then I think Morrigan and then Shale. They're great. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Um Just just to mention everyone quickly, uh Wyn is fine. She's just fine. Ogrim is not good. Um Alistair's not as bad. I-, I expected him to be worse. He isn't. He's just he's a little annoying, but not very much.
0: For a human that's cloistered and like has been in a cop not great.
1: <laughs> True. Uh, not, not, uh, but sorry, he's uh, not been a pretty, cop pretty for decent. a while now.
0: Pretty decent for a ex-cop and a uh, human.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. That turns out to be nobility sort of kind of.
1: Y- yeah, sorta, kinda. sort of kind of. But he knew kinda. Like he knew all along. So, who are your favorite companions? Ooh. Uh, it's, it's,
0: it's difficult. Um. Once again, I liked them all except for, Oakland. I'm not. I, I'm not even going to talk about Oakland. I. Let's not. I. I would have wished we could have made this whole episode without talking about him, but um. Yeah. No. Um, well, we have. Well, we're going to at least, but um favorite it's hard to say favorite um, at the end of the day I do think Morgan is the more, more interesting character most most interesting character out of all of them
1: oh um, quite possibly
0: yeah especially uh, given her plans and what not and like her orientation and stuff um, but I find fascinating of Morgan is how well she is written with the trauma that she has and yeah. this, this how trauma, how well is written out because you can witness the layers of it. What I mean with that is that Morgan has a very powerful mother, and people are usually interested in the mother. And when we are talking about Morgan about Morgan herself, she says like, um, like, oh well, uh, my opinion is this, which I'm sure is worth very little, and like it's it's a bit it's a bit. Um, it's uh, I I don't like it when people do that, uh, but I understand where it comes from. Once again, it's not for me to like or not like. I suppose, but it is um, it is very indicative of a very overbearing parents, and a parent that's yeah. just you know just so much more successful and like probably all the people that she has met, which has been probably very few, um, ultimately were far more interested in her mother than in her. She probably hasn't had a lot of people being interested in her, which does show, um, which which shows in a dialogue, I think, and they are so responsible with that with every single companion in such in every, in every single way. I think that's great. Uh, <laughs> there are very little games who do it that well. I would argue. <laughs> the uh the skill once again, shill also big favorite. You have this somewhat interesting discussion about gender with skill shill shell. Yeah. Um. And then, sadly, Shale does uh, mis- misgender you. But once again, it was just be trying to be funny back in 2009. So, gonna give, gonna give it a leeway there. Yeah. I, I like Shale, um. Once again, like a mole. Like a mole a lot. And I, I, but uh, to round it off, I would say Stan. Because Stan, a lot of people are like, oh my god, I don't understand Stan. Oh my god. Um, you, you, how, is he so difficult to navigate. I, as someone who's never divergent, didn't think so. Stan is just direct. I was like, you are direct with yeah. me. I'm going to be direct with you. I never had an issue with Stan. So the game just gives it to you on a silver platter, and everybody's like, oh, Stan is so difficult to navigate. And that's because you fuckers wanted to change him, and I find him beautiful the way he is. Okay, you little assholes. So, so uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. If that's I understand that he's a bit off-putting but um, I I, just, I find it very interesting because once again he's very cleverly written he is direct with you and he seems like a person that appreciates being direct being direct back at you know um, yeah yeah and, and if you do that it's fine and I think that's such a wonderful way to write a character it, it doesn't have to be complex it really doesn't have to be <laughs> and uh, I entirely agree thank you thank you thank you um yeah. Yeah, I I think Liliana is um interesting. She has interesting conceptualizations of God. Yeah. Um but that doesn't do anything for me personally. Uh <laughs> although I I don't know. I, 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 nah, I mean I find yeah. her interesting, but not uh, that interesting. Or interesting in that way, so to speak. I found her confrontation with her previous um, employer, interesting. I will say that's decently yeah. written. Um, Wynn is okay. She's kind, supportive. The m- maternal matriarchal figure we all needed, I suppose. <laughs> True. Um, Alistair is like your body cop, essentially, if you want him to be.
1: <laughs> and he is. I
0: appreciate that. I don't find him... I don't know. He still... Um, he does react to situations... Indicative of his upbringing, which I find very interesting. Yeah. But uh, once again, I find more discussions about Malevacar classifications being nonsense and just an indication of gentry con- uh, attempted controlling people that they shouldn't control. I find it way more interesting <laughs> than anything uh, oh, yeah. the other uh, that Liliana or Esther has to offer. Uh, oh, oh my God. My boy. How could we forget my boy? Uh, Zephyrin. I really like that. Yeah. Uh, Puss in yeah. Um He, um, the assassin that gets sent after you. And yeah, sure. Is he, he, they, is he a bit of a sex pest? I don't, I don't necessarily like that term, but uh, I don't know how else to describe it. Um, he's very forward, which I don't mind. Once again, the word person. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I like him. And, Him walking with him through his trauma, uh, despite him being very much in control of his emotions and memories, he he still strikes very tragic, tragic figures at times. And I do find it very captivating. But they all, once again, all these companions are fit within certain, well, dare I say, archetypes, if you will. But they are still very much their own person, which is once again one of the greater achievements this game has to offer so that, I,
1: I absolutely agree
0: that's uh, I'm going to end my <laughs> battling
1: of course I think like they they are crafted as uh, as you know having interesting stories and you know having this these backgrounds that you sometimes try to unravel and understand and help whenever possible, so And I think this game from the others and in terms of like the variety of, maybe not, well I guess variety in the own sense but of like what it means to to connect with these characters or not and even to the romances with them, it makes more sense and it's not as forced or as obvious I guess. It's clear and that's good.
0: I really like how if you do the ritual with your uh, hot sexy witch girlfriend you, um you can still be like yeah i did it yeah i just killed the demon uh, archdemon and uh who <laughs> who uh who could, who else could have done it like you can just like bathe yourself in the laurels of victory and <laughs> we all know you did a very dark secret uh, a very dark materi- uh, magic ritual that you do not understand the consequences of even remotely of course not but it's like yeah i did it i did it everyone who <laughs> like <laughs>
1: That's like one of my favorite
0: Consequences things.
1: Consequences who? Yeah, I don't know her. Um, want to do a brief smash or pass? Sure, if you want to. Alistair. Uh, pass. Pass. Yeah. Uh, Liliana. Oh.
0: Smash once. <laughs> once. Just once.
1: Fair. Fair. Smash. Yeah. Uh, I, I Morgan. Know. Yeah, smash. Of course, smash. Yeah. Um, I'm going to skip Ogren because we know the answer Um, Shale Oh Oh I
0: (laughs) Ah, I wish I was brave enough To say Smash but Maybe after Like three years of therapy I would say Smash but she Sadly or they it Sadly has a lot to Work through and I'm going to give her that Space so pass
1: Sure. They're they're also a literal stone golem, and that's a little terrifying.
0: You who is without sin, fuck the first stone. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Uh, Not bad. Uh, Sten. (laughs) It's the best one I had up there. (laughs) Uh, Ah, Sten. Sten. Mm. Smash. Yeah, I mean, I talked to him about it before, but Smash. Uh, Win.
0: The past. Pass. 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 I'm sure um, in her day. Lovely. Uh, oh, of course. She seems amazing woman. Uh, I am just not a man, man enough for her.
1: Let's say that. Fair. And Zevron. It's Smash. Smash, of course, yeah. of course. I of think course. like Um Not much to say about all about it all. Uh, but off. yeah, no, this this was a, a, a brief um <laughs> I say brief. Um a dive into Dragon Age Origins. Um, we didn't really cover much of the the expansions, and I think that's fine. Yes, um, it's fine. <laughs> we don't because there's good. a lot of game in the base game, um, and you know, it's. I think as, a, as a, like a a wrap up myself, it's really interesting game. It it tries to do a lot, and it, it creates some really interesting companion systems. It does good work with the story. The absence of a obvious um morality system helps it so much and it's a it's a very enjoyable story it's mechanically very outdated not very enjoyable it's oddly enough it's less stable than like Cotor one yeah i found um which is saying something but you know it's it's still worth playing it's still worth looking into and it's still very very solid even if all is clunkiness um as a, as a brief aside, to, uh, be wary of most of the crafting system. You can craft traps and bombs and poisons, and I'm like, no, God, no. Uh, please, no. Uh, but yeah, a uh, very fun game, very interesting story, and another notch on the BioWare arc of Hereby Media. Yes. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening, and uh, we will see you soon. Thank you so much, everyone. See you soon.